This is your hosts, James Jordan, Mike Wallace, the Eggman, and the American. Coming at you for yet another edition of the Wide World of Motorsports podcast, recorded to you for the week of November 19th. And coming at you on the FM on CFMH 107.3 Local FM, St. John, New Brunswick. CKMS 102.7 Radio Waterloo in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario. And the Performance Motorsports Network app. Check us out on demand wherever you get your podcasts. As well as active, we're active on social media. <laughs> at the WWOMS and... Um, you might as well check out the NASCAR Canada series community page while you're at it, since we're we're moderators. <laughs> we're moder. I feel I was pulling an I was pulling an Austin Powers there. Mole. Um, um, Austin Powers apparently. Yeah. So check that out. We're posting stuff there. A lot of news lately coming out in the. NASCAR Canada World, which we'll get to later on in the show. We're posting some stuff up there. Got some fan feedback we're gonna get to. So cool. that's that's uh that's a real cool way to get on the show through our social medias. And also we're always looking to expand. If you want to get on the show, if you have a passion for racing and you have public speaking skills or maybe you want to work on your public speaking skills or just suck like me and Wal- B. Wallace and Eggman here. Damon's the one that's, uh, no, actually, no, Eggman has improved. He's been on the show for a year. He's fantastic. Damon, we're, he's on the show now and it's like, whoa, uh, whoa. And then Wallace and I just holding on. Sucking. <laughs> sucking. You're just holding on. Holding on and sucking. <laughs> um, so. Story of my life. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> and, and there's lots. There's lots Anyways. Of, there's lots of stuff in the wide world of motorsports. Uh, and if you want to talk about it, we'd love to have you on the show and, and expand our coverage. As well as also, if you want to advertise your product, your business or your team or if you want to get in the show and talk to us have a little chat love to hear from you just email us wideworldofmotorsports at gmail.com or message us through any one of those uh options on social media we'll get uh, we'll try to get back to you um this is season six episode 40 and we got lots to talk about we're gonna kick it off with uh, i think the one thing that i'm still thinking about over the past few days and then we're gonna get into now huh we're gonna get into a couple of new segments wally's world damon's den and then we're gonna end it off talking about nascar canada but first i just want to say as we're going into u.s thanksgiving because i i think it's cool that there's two thanksgivings too bad i like too bad it wasn't just a thing where we all just did two um not a fan of certain things like i i haven't been a big fan of stuffing lately and certain desserts but thanksgiving is awesome and and uh but I, i will say what i am thankful for uh is 
It's those safer barriers. That's for sure. No, uh, I, I real quick before we get into the meat of the show, what would you? I want to. I wanted to put you guys on the spot for this. What and, and just just a sentence or just real quick could be funny or whatever. What are you thankful for? Uh, in motorsports, uh, for <laughs> what are you thankful for? Even maybe this year. Or what's going, whatever's going on in racing. Um, I'll go last because mine to? mine ties directly into our first subject, so I'll I'll hold off for a minute. Yeah, I'll go first. So I'm thankful that I was able to link up with you guys and get on the show and expand my motorsports horizons. Hey, you stole my That's no. just doing <laughs> photography. And getting into the podcasting as well, because I do have another hobby that I'm very big into, and I'd like to get into podcasting with that. And this has been a really good introduction to the world of podcasting and kind of cleaning up some of my my speaking and really how not to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not going to say that, but I mean, this is part of your show. So go ahead. What am I thankful for? I am thankful for in motorsports. Hmm. I'm just thankful for motorsports. That, honestly, I don't Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's cop pretty, out, but right. <laughs> I, hey, and I go for the low hanging fruit once in a while. No, I don't know. It, there's there's so much to be thankful for. I'm thankful that we have a series in in our country that um is is getting stronger and getting some some bigger backing from down south uh i know there's a lot of negativity about it but uh which i've seen i'm not saying that there is i'm just saying that i've seen a bit of negativity about everything with what's going on but i'm i'm just thankful that it's it's like they're it's they didn't back down with anything you know there's 13 races this year next year love it so well um that's called foreshadowing folks damon kind of stole mine but yeah yeah i'm thankful for thankful for being able to get together and talk about racing with uh my buddies here and being in guys that like racing and also to people that like to listen about racing um, and also we, we've been really, and most, most importantly, thankful for the paths that we all have crossed because of this opportunity that we've been able to, to have, especially at the racetracks. Some of those, there's t- so many people to name, but you know, you know who you are. Um, but yeah, those, those things, especially, and, and that ultimately helps the sport grow people that we, we can talk about on the radio, the, the listeners, the radio stations that we're thankful for that uh, believe in motorsports, especially out east. New Brunswick's getting the, well, out east, not New Brunswick needs a, needs, needs a race. They're, they're like missing out. Um, uh, but yeah, so yeah, thank, real thankful for that. Uh, and um, yeah, and and, and uh, I kind of agree with you too there. Wallace, we'll get to that a little later on the show, a little bit of, a little something that matters to us a little later on in the show. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I second I second both of you boys. I think, but you said you have a good one here, Eggman. That and in this too, this is another one too that kind of got me fired up as well. So mine is 
comes to mind because I just rewatched the highlights from this weekend's uh, Las Vegas GP, which we'll be talking about a little more shortly. But uh, I am thankful that Lando Norris is okay. Uh, he took one heck of a hit during the during the race, and it w- could have ended very poorly. And if you listen to his radio afterwards, he he was hurting a bit in there. So I'm I'm was glad that, that every it was yeah. really bad. It didn't I'm, look that bad. I was. It I was didn't. Shocked. No, it didn't. It was. He hit hard. Uh, hit mm-hmm. nose first into those. I don't remember what they're called. Those the squish, tech pros. The tech, tech pro, right? The tech pro barriers. It was. If you listen to his radio afterwards, he's like shaking and can't breathe, and it's. It, it was rough. So I'm. I'm just happy that all that worked out, and he is okay. Well. On that on that bombshell, let's segue into the. Uh, I agree. Uh, let's segue into the first uh, topic on the show today, and I will I will say, you know, even though we did see sales for tickets kind of get sold, especially in the secondary market, up to the leading up to the event, didn't get it sell it like we thought it would, and like they said it would. Despite that. Lots of fans, and and this is for the ones that care about fans or asses and seats, so to say. This is just to, because that's going to be a big deal. That's going to be a big topic on this episode, folks. So, well, two hundred million dollar lawsuit before the Grand Prix even finished. And then then let's we'll get Um, into that. Yeah, well, I mean, (laughs) there's some there's some yeah there's some pros cons. There's fear and loathing in Las Vegas, so to say. Also. The, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll get into that here. Um, y- you know, with those on and off track issues, um, there was, yeah, going into the event, the enthusiasm of the race was kind of, we weren't sure. We said it last week, is this going to be a flop? And then, you know, you hear Max not happy about it, even though, which we find out he ended up being very happy about it. And so I just quick, Las Vegas at um, the end of the race, but. <laughs> Can I quick sidebar with uh, something about Max that I think um, I, I I just want to say, you know, I've always been hard on Max about how he is and whatever. Um, I think he actually showed some maturity in what he had to say for sure uh, this weekend. I, I actually re- it really just hearing him talk about like a classic racetrack and what it means to him and what going to a rate i kind of went wow uh, he's growing up it's it's just really cool to see actually and uh yeah it, a I lot of st- uh, and the temperatures I poop on him a lot well the temperatures also played effect we forgot that it's cold in the desert in november mid-november so even though also tickets being a year ago when they're put on sale $500, they were up to $1,000 reselled on Ticketmaster going into the hours up to the event. And on game time, there were only a few hundred dollars. But still, um, there's a lot of stuff in play. We're going to have a lot of uh, opinions. We're going to bounce some. We're going to all have a different idea or maybe a different um, look on this race. And from different approaches too, from all four of us here in in the next few uh, next uh, couple dozen minutes, when we, as we talk about the Vegas GP, and I know uh, I know Eggman, I know he's he's the he's our main guy here. So, um, kick where where do we start, Eggman? Where where do we 
I think we just have to take a step back and look at the weekend as a whole mm-hmm. and realize that the idea is solid, but it could have been executed a whole lot better than it was. So like the idea of racing down the strip in Las Vegas at nighttime sounds really good <laughs> in th- in theory, but when you take into account just like any other street course, it's no different the uh how taxing it is on the people that live there, on local infrastructure, on all that stuff because the strip is literally the main thoroughfare through the whole yeah, it was a pretty big deal getting for caboodle. Vegas getting. And as Wallace said last week on the show, we we got to see the the bad. We got to see all the the crappy stuff and and the locals griping about. We got to see all the and and also just kind of it's cool seeing the behind the scenes for me at least. I love Vegas and seeing how they had to change how the casinos had to deal with this and make some they, there's bridges, there's cross bridges made and um, there's a lot of different, there's, I saw a clip of security, like screaming at people on the, some of these bridges that just wanted to get a look at the race. Um, I know. there it's, was a big, there, uh, that's, uh, yeah. there was a lot of, and you know, so actually I have, I have, uh, something to say about that is they built those footbridges and rightfully they put like plexiglass or whatever on either side. So people don't get hit with stuff that makes sense mm. to me, but then they put, uh, solid colored opaque sheeting on it so you couldn't see off of the bridge mm-hmm. so people couldn't stand on the bridge you know without paying and watch the race which that sounds really i mean it is really trying to word this as eloquently as possible that's kind of a crappy thing to do um but monaco does the same thing to all of their footbridges every year, and no one says anything about it. Singapore right. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know about footbridges, yeah. but in Montreal for the uh, Formula E race in 2017, they had banners along the the fences all along the entire racetrack. So basically, if you were walking street level, you couldn't see the track at all, except in like a couple points. So this is just a natural thing in street circuits to do that kind of thing, you know, whether it's advertisement and then to block out people who may have gotten somehow onto the track area without paying kind of thing. It's they do that everywhere. So I really, yeah, they do it everywhere. So, so the, the uproar over it is kind of pointless in my opinion, because they're not the only track that does it. Every street circuit on the calendar does it. Um, and even some full-time circuits are starting to limit. Uh, like I right. heard stories. If you watch, uh, like when they go to Monza, the the fan area in Monza is not large, so there's large amounts of people that are paid to get into the race but can't see the race. Uh, there's people like standing on tree stumps to peek over the <laughs> yeah. over the wall to see. Mm-hmm. It's it's not unheard of. So I think the criticism about that stuff was unfair uh, just because it's a new track and it's been the main selling point for the back end of the season doesn't mean that they're not going to do things the way everybody else does things. So there's a lot of different angles that, yeah, you look at the logistical side of things and then also like the, the track itself and, you know, 
uh, the conditions of this is a great thing that I was also going um, to segue into. There's a so few people different were also play, right? were also crapping all over the track because of the single solitary drain cover incident that happened in FP one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, a, drain, a drain cover came loose and destroyed Carlos's car. It was terrible that it happened. It's unfortunate, but this these are average teething problems for any new street circuit. Well, I mean, let's I I brought this point up um to you guys. It's not unlike Gordon at Martinsville if you if people recall leading the race, uh, a piece of asphalt comes up from the track and goes exactly. to the front front of his car and and he he doesn't win the race so he gets taken out of the race i don't does he get fix it and go back out or i'm Was not too concrete? sure what he he fixes it and goes He's back out but he does not win the race cuz his suspension yeah. was damaged exactly so then he so, brought buddy out and whined like a, no <laughs> but so so my point is is that like you know stuff like this happens on racetracks uh I, I'll, it happens in Toronto. I'll I hear it to, happen all the time. All the drivers. I hear it all from it all sorts of I mean, it doesn't drivers. take much to pull up a, a, a drain cover if you think or whatever else that comes up. That is underneath <laughs> normal those street. That's a, um, Wallace, that's a great point because we are in the ground effect era of Formula One cars, which means the, the forces of the air under those cars both creates a vacuum under them and mm-hmm. also shakes the living hell out of the so, room. And the other thing that I noticed about that that particular cover is is a lot of people are calling it uh, a manhole. It is it is not a manhole cover. It is way too small to be a manhole cover. It's it's for probably a water shutoff or a water main or something like that. But what's yeah. different to that to maybe a, a, a storm drain or a manhole is that those have holes in them where you would just suck up air or whatever. These are pretty much solid across. So as the car goes on and it sucks up from the suck, it's basically sucking up against the ground that just wiggled loose. And actually I'm pretty sure the driver ahead of them, Ocon, uh, 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 hit it first. Um, or somebody hit it first just before him. And somebody hit it first, it but it was just with his wheels. So it didn't like destroy the right, car so like it did. Carlos no. So probably just loosened it. I mean, this stuff kind of happens. It happened at CTMP. I mean, they, they ripped up the track uh, for an IMSA weekend and they had to pave it at 11 o'clock at night. So I was, I was there for that, for that race weekend. I remember me too. In turn two watching that during the, uh, the IMSA pilot series is just like, damn. But so there was two main points that people were bringing up with the track coming up. And the first one was the fact that fans were kicked out of the racetrack at four in the morning. And also the fact that they wouldn't give an exception to allow science to fix their car without penalty. And just two things real quick on that. So the first part about the fans getting kicked out is and that leads, if we're going to talk into the whole lawsuit thing, the they ran into an issue with staffing. They had been on, and because of labor unions, I'm not saying they're good or bad, I'm just saying that they had laws in place to only, the guards can only work so long, and because of how long the track repairs went, they ran into an issue where 
the guards couldn't work anymore. It's kind of like your truck drivers. You can only drive for so long, and then obviously for safety reasons, they have to you know pull over for whatever. Same general idea. They can only work so long before they have to clock out. It's just the well, way that yeah, that particular if, union you, if was. you think about it, security guards, I don't know if these ones were or weren't, but security guards in most of these situations are carrying firearms, just like law enforcement. Like, like I said, don't know if these ones were or won't. But as it was, yeah, it was like four in the morning and they had been there probably the entire time fans were present. So once you reach a certain point of like hours awake or exhaustion or whatever you want to say, you're mentally impaired from that point. So it was it's tough. Honestly, uh, like a safety thing, a safety thing rather than a, a money thing or a union thing. Well, that's it's in the it was in the contract. It was in the union contracts that those guards worked for that they could only work for a certain amount of time. So it was, and the, but the unions would have done that contract for safety reasons. So I guess you can kind of go either way on that. But there was literal working laws in place that they couldn't work any longer than than what they had. And then the second point about science not being able to repair his car. The teams actually did that to themselves. So I was reading an article on motorsport.com. The teams were given the option a few years ago to vote on allowing in the circumstance that like a piece of track damages the car, allow them to, you know, to there's there was better wording on, of course, the regulation, basically circumstances outside of normal realm of operating would give the teams free reign to, to repair the car without penalty and the teams unanimously voted against it because they thought that the other teams would use it as an advantage like they would say like i don't know they hit a pebble that shouldn't have been on the road and it blew their tires so they should be able to change the tire silly things like that but that's just how competitive formula one is and they were like oh they're going to use this to the advantage that's what i would do so on and so forth and so yeah that's what i believe it was the director for alpha tower they did the interview with him and he basically said that yeah you know, if they had come to us in the garage this weekend and asked if we would be okay with Ferrari changing the battery, we would have been okay with that because the battery is not a performance thing and the teams did have sympathy, but the FIA was legally bound to force a penalty because the teams basically make the rules or they vote on the rules that the FIA mm. puts in place for these sporting regulations. So Hindsight's 2020, of course, maybe after the Baku incident with Russell, William, Russell, uh, George Russell and the Williams car, maybe they should have gone back to the drawing board and, and done a little bit more research on that. But that is what it is. So, you know, wasn't a great start to things with that happening. I remember following it throughout waking up in the morning and finding out about it and then throughout the day kind of hearing the. Uh, how how that went out? Uh, it wasn't you know it, it wasn't looking good. Although it yeah, uh, just it, circling back to the drain cover thing for just a second. It's not like it took so long be, to fix that one drain cover. It took so long because they had to go through the entire racetrack to do and take every one. manhole, storm drain, uh, service cover, and cement them into the road so it didn't happen again so it's not like the track crew was screwing around and it screwed everybody out of 
you know, their their right. practice, their ability to watch practice. It's that the issue happened and that brought opened an entire can of worms that they basically needed to go through the entire track and do a safety check on all that stuff. And that stuff takes time. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we I I felt we, we were getting into the actual uh, racing and qualifying. Um, it was looking a lot better. I was I was excited for it. What Eggman? Let's go through the next. What happened next after all that? What, right when we I believe qualify. Let's get into the qualifying and then into the race here. Uh, qualifying was actually relatively uneventful. Uh, I believe it was Charlotte Claire taking the pole, mm-hmm. if memory serves. Yep. I had it pulled up, but I lost it, so I'm working <laughs> on good. that right now. And there was no, like, super notable, oh, my gosh, she's up here. Uh, I, I guess Logan Sargent making it into Q3 was probably the biggest uh, the biggest story of the weekend. So his third home GP in his rookie year, he uh, managed to make it into the final round of qualifying. Uh, beyond that, when we get into ra- the race, uh, turn one, lap one, new circuit, disaster. <laughs> so um i don't remember all the drivers involved but basically there was a massive accordion effect so start going going Lap front one, to back turn one here yeah let's um go, going front to back uh max verstappen dive bombing charles leclerc pushing him both of them really outside of the racetrack and taking the lead and he was penalized for that because it was blatant that he was not going to make the turn under any circumstances but of course the penalty didn't really do all that much because he's Max Verstappen and he's driving Red Bull so things of that nature occurred Uh, there was like I said there's giant turn one accordion people missing their breaking points cold tires Uh, Uh, Alonzo messing that corner up was honestly a surprise because he's normally the smooth operator but he blue turn one and then he got hit by botas who had been hit by perez and i think uh saints science got involved in the back there too yeah, yeah, carlos there was... did get involved uh yeah. sergio perez ended up needing another wing it was uh just a just a mess turn one lap one and really the entire uh race was very tight especially up front which was amazing to see it was I, I equated it right away as it was like a a NASCAR style Formula <laughs> One race. Yep. Uh, there the the racing was tight. There wasn't really a clear uh, better car or driver in in this race because it it stayed tight up front until the very end. So uh, it, Max it was kind of racing back. Ma- Max, Max racing back. Yeah. Uh, Lando was up there a bit. Uh, Checo ended up coming back up there and fighting for a win. It was just great racing. It, it was I I enjoyed it from There's a, a couple of yellows. I liked the full course yellows. Full course yellow for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Lando's aforementioned uh, accident was it was rough. If you haven't seen it, I suggest you go watch it. I don't really know what happened to his car to prompt it. Uh, whether it something broke or he just lost traction or or what have you but it out of nowhere got tail happy he lost it uh went nose first into into the uh the barriers 
and uh, his his radio afterwards again if you have not listened to it i suggest you do he is pretty shaken uh it actually takes his team principal two three tries to actually get him to answer which was startling wow. to say the least yeah and when they first cut to the cameras when you know on the side it said you know full course caution yellow flags and then they cut to the camera the bridge one of the bridges was blocking where his car had come to rest at the tech pros on the runoff area and so it's just like well what is going like then they showed another angle like kind of from behind the car and you couldn't tell how much damage was done because yeah when it when he lost traction he hit the the wall and then pirouetted into the runoff area so you could tell there was obviously some damage but like Honestly, whenever you hear of, you know, crossover bridges at street circuits, honestly, all I could ever think of is Greg Moore's accident and Toronto. Mm. Like, just that's all I can ever yeah. think of. And then, of course, the to a much less degree, Valencia, I think it was 2012 with Mark Weber when he got up in the air and he hit like one of those signs that like counted down to the braking zone. Like... It's just that's the first thing I think of, but thankfully that wasn't the the situation here. But yeah, the the camera angle, like they got to work on where that particular camera is for next year because that crossover bridge was blocking if anyone ran down to that off area. Um, speaking of camera angles, there was people watching the race through because uh, through in Nevada and for I guess you can stream traffic cameras. So there's people. Uh, yes, there's people watching the race. Yes, and it's really, it's actually really wicked seeing a shot of the Formula One cars going out the strip, and that is going on to our next point as we end up kind of looking into wrapping up this uh, F1 at Vegas segment is uh, the Vegas authenticity. Uh, you know, seeing for me, so- seeing that the, that image of the strip. And seeing all the great casinos and resorts and hotels and whatever else that Vegas has to offer right there in the beautiful colors at night, uh, the signs, uh, just amazing for me. So um, in the chat a little earlier, uh, there was some dissension in the ranks about this. (laughs) Apparently, yes, there was. I saw both sides of it. Honestly, I, I I know I use that to try and mediate a little bit sometimes, but I legitimately do. You're right that if you were there and if they on the shots they did show it, it was amazing. Uh, the F1 cars running down the strip with all the neon and all that stuff, it was great. Uh, the white portions of some of the curbing were painted like playing cards. Oh yeah, man! If you if you didn't notice that, that so was sick. there too. But I feel like from a production standpoint, they probably should have used some more in-cars and some more overhead Mm -hmm. stuff to showcase that a little better than they did. Um, Because, like I said, the shots they did use were great. Yeah, yes, absolutely. But they definitely could have used more of it. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see what else they could have done to kind of... I guess a lot of people through the Sky Sports app, they they get to, and I know through the TSN Plus, you get to view all the other in cars and different feeds. Um, maybe for those people, they they're in they're in on that maybe, um, and the people watching in the traffic cams. Uh, yeah, it would have been cool to see some different. Although when I watched the live presentation of it, I I um, I loved it. I don't get to see much races live. 
So that was really cool, staying up till midnight and, and watching that. But as for the track layout, really, I thought it was really, really good. Um, simple, I feel like. <laughs> when it runs around the sphere, that, that was my favorite part. That's my, that's my favorite turn anyway, but also because of my involvement with the sphere. Not that I have a direct involvement, but through you two. Also, the 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 scale of the event, seeing all those celebs there, seeing the grid packed before the race, I thought I thought there's a good crowd turnout. That 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 was good to see, and and also a lot of people involved in the race throughout the race. A lot of people changing leads and some stuff going on. Crowd reaction hearing the the feedback from that and um i thought it was an exciting race i enjoyed it i was entertained after it i was left wanting more i wanted to see i want i wanted to race it i want iRacing to scan it i want to get the f1 game to race it because it looks really racy it looks really fun and i don't know about the rest of you guys on the authenticity of vegas as we wrap this part up about it yeah i think you know in terms of authenticity of vegas like you know, when you think of Vegas, you think of big show and flashy and over the top with celebs. And it's like it's like like Monaco, like there's been some comparisons to Monaco. Monaco is very royal, very prestigious, flashy in wealth terms and maybe not so much in like showboating, like games and colors and flashing lights and stuff whereas vegas is obviously more that kind of show and i thought it it did pretty good i i mean i like you said like there's some of those some of those shots where they're like down on the track and you could see the buildings behind the cars and the right. sphere yep and i i and then everything like like that was a big thing also real quick so they shut off the access to the bellagio yeah fountains Mm-hmm. For and people were uh, really upset about that, and then they had the drivers. They they took them around in that Rolls Royce for the cool down way around the track, done the cool down. Yeah, to to go there. That's why they did the interviews with David Coulthard, and they turned on the well, sprinklers. <laughs> yeah, the the fountains, the fountains. back for the <laughs> at the Bellagio for the drivers to see that. So I mean, that was you know pretty cool. It's all I, it's Vegas, baby. Like, right? Like yeah. And then they took it back to the grid. I think what it boils down to is it was the first race at a new venue. There's going to be teething problems. There's going to be things that they're going to see worked, didn't work. It's going to get better moving forward. I think there's a four-year deal with the with I the facility. 10. It, it yeah, might 10. be 10. Oh, boy. So the, if, it, if they don't clean up their act, it's going <laughs> to be a painful 10 years for <laughs> Las Vegas. But I think they'll, they'll learn from from everything and it'll 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 be better in coming years i hope uh looking ahead in a couple weeks time we have the season finale at abu dhabi um though both the drivers and uh actually it's this weekend uh the drivers and constructors championship have been decided there is still a lot of things going on uh, second second place in constructors points is only a twenty point spread right now, uh, so that that has large budget implications for next year. Uh, also, that uh, battle for fourth place in the constructors championship is always a a big deal. So we'll see how that turns out this coming weekend. 
And for all those who are listening, thanks for joining us here on the FM on CFMH 107.3, CCAMS 102.7, and the Performance More Sports Network app, as well as wherever you get your podcasts. We were just talking about F1 at Vegas. Now let's move into NASCAR Canada. Lots of big news. We've pretty much got it right. Listen, I made a post. Yeah. I said in the post we were right Ooh. in one of the other posts we made. And look, we we banged it on the head pretty good last week through our source of West. Got to give him some props in that. But yeah, big changes. A lot of a lot of things. New series name, new logo, new sponsorship partnership package. I don't know how they worded it. Um, and then twenty twenty four schedule, as well as some fan feedback. I reached out to some of the fans on the NASCAR Community Series page, as well as the WAMS page. And it was interesting to. Hear what people had to say, and we're going to get to some of that here as we uh, get into the final minutes of the show here. Let's all kick it off with the NASCAR Canada branding. It's kind of made me feel like we have our own series now. Yeah, it's uh, really nice to see NASCAR kind of put their name on top of it. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, It's NASCAR Cup, so... <clears throat> It NASCAR Canada. It's just nice that it's the headline, and that's going to be appealing to any sponsors or anybody that is wanting to get involved. Also, throughout the years, in some ways, a lot of people, especially a lot of my American friends, and they just call it NASCAR Canada anyway. So it just seems as though it just kind of makes sense to call it well, that. We always refer to NASCAR Cup as down south. Right, it's easy. I think it's an easy naming, and also it kind of matches what we're, what they're doing with the other series, like with NASCAR Mexico and um, the Euro Series, and also with the cut. Well, we're seeing just we're going with the simple names of the series when, and then also a partnership, um, of basically of main of main sponsors that kind of get the they get they get a lot of lot of the the attention. Title sponsors, um, title, yeah, they're 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 the main, they're basically the main ones. So that's Pint, uh, Pinties is continuing on its partnership, and then which is great to see, um, Envirum, which is got, got I hope that I'm getting that clean yeah. oil. What do, what do they do? They're they environmental do, yes, yeah, so it's like environmental related stuff, uh, residual materials management, brokerage. Offering eco-responsible solutions in North so, America. So they dispose of, like, byproducts and stuff. Yeah, promoting recycling and other kind of related things. So um, they're, nice. they're going into uh, partnership. I know also uh, Pinty's, yeah, Pinty's continuing its partnership is real important in the motorsports scene in Canada as well. So it's good to see them continue that. The 2024 schedule was also released. Let's talk a bit about that here. Um, all kicking off. We were basically right about that as well last week with it kicking off at CTMP. Wasn't sure it was going to go on from there, though, with the second race, but we we were kind of right about that. I'm pretty sure we were, we were right about Chaudier. Um And then we're, uh, we're seeing the East Coast swing. Uh, the legitimate thing now, which is cool. We'll get into that in a bit here. Yeah, the Eastbound yeah, International Speedway in Newfoundland and then Riverside 
in Nova Scotia for a doubleheader on Saturday and Sunday on the June 29th weekend. They're going to be getting, uh, just as just like how there's a West Coast swing, they're going to be getting some love. They're going to be getting, I think there's one less event actually out West, but still a swing. But in yeah. between yeah, those two swings, event, they stop at Ashwikin. In total, I think, over the season. But that just right. means it's not like a doubleheader. Right, yeah. They or... So they do, at the end of June, they do that East Coast swing. Then they stop off at the Big O for the dirt race on the Thursday. And I believe that's, isn't that not the weekend of the Honda Indy? <laughs> um, or either it's the weekend before. So... That's going to be an oh, interesting that I'm, that section of the sure. calendar. And then for Sutherland Automotive Speedway in Saskatoon, and then Edmonton International Raceway in Alberta for July 20th and July 27th. And then they go to Three Rivers in August, as well as Delaware and ICAR on the 17th and 24th, respectively. And then to end off the season in September... We're going to see them back at CTMP for Labor Day weekend. And then for the new championship race weekend at Mont, <laughs> Mont McMe. I, I, I don't know why I can't say Mon-a-me. that, boys. Monami. <laughs> Monami. Um, Monami. So um, that's on Sunday, September 22nd for the championship weekend for the NASCAR Canada series. Got a got to remember to say that. Um, so not, not too many surprises from last week. We did talk a bit about it on the show last week, but now that it's official. Yeah, it's a real bummer. To, and now we'll we'll wrap it up, this segment here, with uh, the fan and our uh, feedback uh, on the, the changes and the schedule. I know looking at the schedule, yeah, there's a lot of talk with the, the fans of saying, hey, where's Toronto? We're missing Toronto. Hope we get to see it again because there is talk that IndyCar may not come back to the streets of Toronto. So we might we may have seen the final race for NASCAR Canada Series in the streets of yeah, Toronto. You might that have, have you been might last have year. I might have been the, at that last one. The final race. So we're we're gonna see with that uh you know, I thought that was a big deal. But also seeing Riverside return to the schedule, especially for two races. That was a track that was um <clears throat> from 2007 to 2017 on the schedule is really important for them as well throughout the years to go out there and great racing as well on that track. It's a, it's a really cool shaped track. I, I think it's, <laughs> it's, it's also good to invest into that East coast audience and for some East coast drivers to be able to race as well, because I, I don't want people to think that, and, and just getting the sense of the feedback from the fans. I don't want people to think that the series is necessarily abandoning Ontario. They're, they're trying to even it out throughout the whole country by the looks of it here. It's NASCAR Canada now, right? So, I mean, uh, th- I think this is a pretty, like, and they're always talking about BC coming back one day. So, or tracking BC. So, I mean, we're, we're literally going to see a from coast to coast, uh, races and and that's that's uh where we're at now we're at the the growth the expansion of that but also we're we, you know and not gonna lie with seeing the uh the series kind of go into quebec 
a little bit more, especially ending off the with the championship weekend in Quebec, and seeing a lot of fans on social media, especially the French fans, they're really they're really happy about the sizes of their uh, crowds. And this is I've talked about this on other podcasts, talked about this on other episodes of the show that it's not about the crowd size. I I, I can't be more clear about how the crowd size does not affect the entertainment value of the event. Um, But although at the same time, it's very important that crowds, there is a crowd because the track won't be able to operate without one. And then no one's able to race, but to see the point of everyone on, you know, it's like, Oh, we, we have bigger crowds than the, the Ontario crowds. Uh, even though a lot of fans do come over from Quebec anyway to the interior races, but yeah, it's just people not, it's people not really knowing the situation or people just complaining to complain. Let's be honest. You know, yes, we lose. We, we, we actually only lose sunset from Ontario and, um, and Toronto, but Toronto ran on the Friday in the evening nothing wrong with the race or anything but you know that's not really an ideal spot for that series to be running in let's be honest um uh, sunset was apparently not nascar's um choice uh, uh from what i understand it was more of a track decision but that being said we get to start the season off at one of the best tracks in this country, CTMP. Uh, I don't know how we can be too upset with that. Um, so one thing, and I, I feel sad, you know, um, and a lot of people too. They're 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 sad to see the Delaware fall brawl not go. Um, that sucks. Yeah, yeah big and, time. But there's some people happy out west that they're able to see weekend races. The the races won't be in the middle of the week, so people will be able to you know, plan around that. It's a little bit easier to believe me. It's, it's, it's real fun ending work and then sprinting to a race in the middle of the week. Um, and th- with us weekend post, uh, pull, kind of putting that race closer to, um, the weekend. That's, that's also around Canada day. That's after the weekend after Canada day. So, um, yeah, we're gonna see a good a, a good event there. A, a, July, a little bit hotter potentially. We'll see with that track. So when's the Osh weekend? July eleventh. Um, when's IMSA? I'm not sure. I, you're the IMSA guy. You're the IMSA guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that that's another thing too that might happen. There's a lot of we were, there's a lot of stuff that's going on around that time in Ontario for racing. So. Um, it's going to be real busy for Canadian race fans for sure this summer in 2024. Um, yeah, you know, just generally speaking, though, it a lot of people, it does seem um, there are a lot of people generally happy about this. And not that I'm going to be one that's going to uh, I make up my own choices, but I also like to hear what everyone has to say. And, and that plays a part of what my how I'm going to look into the direct or that, that does that basically decides a direction almost sometimes. And in this case, a lot of people are happy about this 
and a lot of people are really excited to to see where the series is going to be going with the the new directions as well with um Alan LeBros coming on as general manager in NASCAR Canada congrats to him as well for getting that and um yeah it's going to be real cool to follow that series next season i know with with to be honest it's it's it sucks not being able to go to the races as much for the NASCAR Pinty series but it'll be it'll be fun to watch on flow as flow has announced that they're going to be doing um another season with the NASCAR Canada series and you know it's going to be um can I just sorry quick interjection what's kind of going to be cool is it look looks like you and I are going to go from Ashwikan uh, on Thursday to Friday morning driving to CTMP for IMSA cuz <laughs> that's July 4th when's Honda Indy 21st okay the weekend of the 21st so the next month weekend the after. that is a busy <laughs> month for you for us yeah <clears throat> so that's awesome though that'll be fun actually you know what i'm really happy about that that uh i can knock that all out in kind of one little sitting do you know what i mean i don't have to take extra true. days off it's a good point especially wanna, in that I'm trying area, to just look at the positives the area, trying to look really, at the positives so. it's all about me it's all about me guys <laughs> Um, also with, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy for the fans that, uh, get to see the series in other places, especially the drivers as well. And maybe this will be easier on the logistical side of things. Getting around, uh, is not easy. So hopefully that, uh, hopefully there's a lot of things that'll be easier. And again, I'm hoping that the out, the, the scope and the outreach of the series, um, can can get worked on, especially as some people aren't going to be able to watch the series. And and I hope that because there's less, I don't know, it's not all about Ontario, but maybe, I don't know, just because there's less races here, I feel like there might be people that are going to be missing out on some stuff. So I'm hoping that with all these changes, and because it's a big country and, you know, uh, some people can't watch a race and then they just, I mean, and, and I'll be honest, the only way to really figure out what's going on is following the NASCAR Canon series community page or the WAMS or some of the other podcasts that uh, are in the involved. I know there's uh, some other, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of other hardworking people in the uh, media that uh, follow the series and post stuff through there as well. So it's really a good collaboration of everyone uh, on there so be, be, be sure to check out that page and, and, and there'll be a lot of updates i'm sure to come especially with the roster you know we're we're, we're hearing a lot about uh, some some oh. big uh, changes on some teams and did you uh, see the big news earlier today that my photography employer tobychristie.com yep. had the interview with trayton lastovich not looking good of him coming back Penny series, well, NASCAR Canada next year. Um, I sorry, uh, really, I did not hear this. Really, yeah, they did. Yeah, so it's on YouTube on the tobychristie.com YouTube page. They had a small snippet, and actually, Wesley Shaw shared it to the NASCAR Canada community series page. But basically, Trayton, you know, he mentions the whole like how they weren't even going to run the whole season this year. Cost, right? The cost yeah. of the series is going up. And it's not that, looking yeah. entirely feasible 
to come back when you can they can spend that money elsewhere maybe going down into the states and running more stuff down there next mm-hmm. year so he made it sound like it's not and just a little snippet i didn't get a chance to read the watch the whole interview but i recommend that we do that but it does sound like it's unlikely that he comes back for a full season mm-hmm. if at all for the nascar <laughs> it reminds me of his brother I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't want to be, <clears throat> what does that, what does that say when I felt this way when Furniture Row had to close up? I went, how does a championship team close up? How does a champion of a series, I, I guess, you know what though? You know what? Sometimes I think we look at our series as the top dog and maybe we need to sometimes realize that it's much like trucks or Xfinity. Like those champions don't typically stay around, right? They move up. They go up to the next the next level. It's a stepping stone series. Yeah. I guess the difference is, is that Trayton uh, is stepping up to... to um, to some bigger some bigger stuff down in the states um you know just before we we move on just talking about the the money aspect i was watching a cast car super series race and the purse for the race was $115,000 i don't think we've had a $115,000 purse in a very 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 long time so all right, you guys got a couple of minutes here each on a couple of things that have been going on. We got Wally's World and Damon's Den. You go, who goes first? You got this, Wally. Yeah, Wally's World. I just want to talk a bit about Macau. It was, this past weekend was the Macau GP. Uh, not a lot, maybe not a lot of people know much about it, but it's been around for quite quite a long time, and a lot of uh, quite famous drivers would go there and compete Senna and many others to to race and win in the F3 there uh, they used to run motorcycles there and then they started to up the ante and run GT cars there now if you go look at this street course this is no ordinary street course it is a car and a half wide at some spots if you're lucky and there is a spectacular crash. I'm sure a lot of us have all seen it of the, I forget who the, the girl was, um, where she goes flying up in the air. You just see her airborne like 30 feet in the air and hits the 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 tower at the end of the straightaway. Uh, she was okay, thankfully. But uh, the track is just so much fun and so unique. It, it's really incredible that something like that even exists anymore. You know, uh, it was very reminiscent of Isle of Man and TT, that type of track, right? These tracks are 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 things that we need to keep watching and pay attention to because once they're gone, they're 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 gone. And speaking of some some kick-ass tracks, Damon, some some stuff going on in the Southeast Asia. Uh, Eurasia area. So just want to remind everyone that is the season finale for the Repco Supercars series in Australia this coming weekend at Adelaide. 
There's two people in contention for the championship, Brody Kostecki and Shane Van Gidsbergen, both who've run NASCAR races this season, so two names very familiar to a lot of fans. If you have Motor Trend on demand, you can watch that. The races are on Friday and Saturday starting at 11.15, p.m.-ish Eastern Standard Time. So if you stayed up and watched the Formula One race last weekend, this should be a cakewalk for you. So very exciting action that these guys produce, and it's going to be a whale of a two days for that championship. SVG has not led the championship all year. This is his final run before going to NASCAR next year, so you know he's going to give it everything he's got. But Brody Kostecki and Erebus, they have been really good on point this season, so it's going to be... Very interesting watch. So I recommend everyone, if you can get Motor Trend on demand, check it out or just follow their Facebook page. Or if you've got some sketchy way to stream it, definitely go ahead and do or that. so listen that's, that's to us uh, next yeah, week on the we'll show, episode 41. We'll, we'll talk about it on the FM on CFMH 107.3 local FM. CKMS 102.7 Radio Waterloo in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario and the Performance Motorsports Network app. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts and wherever you're on social media at the WWOMS. Well, that just about wraps it up for this edition. I am James Jordan. Mike Wallace. The Eggman. And Damon Sawyer. It's just the facts. We'll see y'all around the bend. Adios. Bye-bye. Peace.